We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pros, when the job demands more of the supplies you use most, start with Lowe's. Because at Lowe's, we stock the right quantities you need for any size job. And at Everyday Savings, like up to 30% off drywall, drywall accessories, and insulation every day when you buy in bulk. Order at Lowe'sForPros.com and we'll have your order ready for pickup with dedicated pro loaders to get you loaded up and back to the job site faster. For your next job and the next, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. This is the Gator Nation Football Podcast. With your hosts, Alan Williams and James DiVirgilio. This place is an insane asylum in the swamp! Oh my! Now we know we're just a bunch of average stiffs. I've thought long and hard about this. I've consulted with Little Peyton, and I, I don't have any confidence that Doug Nussmeyer is going to do the things I think he should do. I think we're going to see a lot more tomfoolery, and this game is going to be much closer than it has to be. So now we're talking about special teams and defensive touchdowns and all the stupid stuff we have to deal with with winning. But I think that we win this game. Uh, I'm not sure if we win it comfortably. Based upon film, I feel like we should. If you're asking me if we employed an optimal game plan and so did Tennessee, I think we're 17 to 18 points better than they are right now, which might seem large to a lot of you. Uh, But we don't employ anything optimally, especially on offense. So I'm going to go with us winning this game 23 to 20 in some sort of nail-biting fashion. So now here we are, nine seconds left. Gators first down, 37-yard line, left hash. Snap to Franks. Franks dropping back, stepping up, running the ball, looking, looking. He's going to heave one deep down the field. It's going to be to the goal line. It's going to be gone. It's a touchdown. And the Gators have won the game. (laughs) Tyreek Cleveland. Oh, my. I can't believe what I just saw. The Gators have won the ball game on a bomb throw by Felipe Franks. And this place is an inside asylum again. Oh, my. Welcome to the Gator Nation Football Podcast. Exciting weekend of Gator football. We have a very exciting show for you today. We are going to break down a variety of tactical situations that occurred in that Florida Tennessee game. Whether you feel like it was amazing, whether you feel like it was depressing, we are going to unpack in detail a whole host of things 
that occurred, and there were a lot of things to examine. I also want to thank the listeners that have supported us on Patreon. Thank you so much for hopping on board. Alan and I appreciate it greatly. It means a big deal to us that uh, you're supporting the show as you are. We look forward to bringing you an action-packed episode today. On the second half of this, we'll cover Kentucky in detail. We'll visit with Kyle Tucker, who covers the Kentucky Wildcats uh, from Lexington. And we'll also take a look at the national games and the SEC as a whole to get you prepared for this weekend. Alan, let's just ask the question that's on my mind, because a lot of our listeners may not know this, but we don't talk about the game at all with each other. So this is the first time I'm asking you this question. You watched the game in Moscow. You watched it streaming live on CBS. It's probably 9 or 10 o'clock your time. What was it like for you watching the game in Russia? Were you on an emotional roller coaster of sorts? I mean, give kind of walk me through what it was like to be Alan Williams on Saturday night, late Sunday morning. It was crazy. So it starts at 1030 for me right now until the time changes. And man, it was crazy. Um, you know, the first half, we almost put everybody to sleep, I think, in some sense. But that second half, especially the fourth quarter, it was all I could do not to sprint around the room. I mean, it's 2.30 in the morning when that game has ended, and I'm sure that I woke up the neighbors with my <laughs> with my yelling and then laughing uncontrollably at the outcome of that game. Um, it was really weird not to be in the swamp, but, uh, you know, a unique experience watching it at 2.30 in the morning. Uh, what about you, man? What was it like in the swamp? Very similar to what you mentioned there, actually, as far as the emotion went from the game. The stadium was very subdued. I thought the pregame atmosphere was very subdued. There were a lot of empty seats, I'm sure partially due to Hurricane Irma. Uh, The fourth quarter, there was a noticeable uptick in excitement. We were sitting uh, right on top of the Workham Silly banner, actually, which is a great place to view the game, uh, both schematically and just as a fan. And... As that last series went down for Tennessee, that was as loud as I've heard the Swamp at any other moment. So the fans had really sort of fever pitched it, which let me know that, hey, we still hate Tennessee. Uh, and an exciting fourth quarter led the fans to really voice that. So you have that moment. You feel like Tennessee is going to win the game, or at least I did. Uh, Kelly drops that pass, which is like a miracle. And I'm sure Tennessee fans are, are watching tape of that today and just thinking, how does this always happen to us? And then... You have the clock mismanagement, which we'll talk about. You get the you get the Felipe Frank's sixty six yard missile, and it it's this sort of collective. Oh my goodness, he's he's winding up. Oh wow, he's throwing it far. Oh hey, Cleveland's open, and then a touchdown. And, and it was like you said, I love that you laughed afterwards. It was this like incredible touchdown and exciting moment, but also just this sort of kind of absurd scenario that we found ourselves in, and it, it seems like a fitting way for us to be able to cap it off. Uh, the stadium, of course, was excited, tons and tons of energy uh, in there. And then after the game, I thought that, you know, the energy in the streets on University Avenue, it certainly wasn't at a fever pitch. And I think that's for good reason. And we're going to unpack, I think, how the fans feel, how you probably feel, uh, even after such a tremendous play to end what was otherwise like a tale of two games, I think. I mean, I loved it. I've watched that play from every angle. And I think I want to say, you know, a lot of fans, I think, are rightly upset about some of our offensive issues. But just take a moment if you're a Gator fan and enjoy this. These things don't happen very often. That's why we watch the games for moments like that. I mean, I love the dog pile at the end. It was beautiful. If you, <laughs> The common theme of, you know, linking up every football highlight to the Titanic theme um, 
is amazing. So if you haven't seen that clip, go look it up. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Whatever happens, I've loved these two Tennessee games at home the last couple of years. They're amazing. All right. Let me just ask, before we get into the analysis, how big a win was this for our team and coaching staff? You could say it's maybe the biggest win that they've had if you're looking at it from a coaching staff scenario. I think given the frustration that would have occurred after a loss like this, there would have been a lot of really nasty things being said and going around. So if you're a coach on the staff, you probably went home and thought, whew, whew, we dodged a, a big time bullet there. As far as for the players, it's a it's a big win for them because we have a lot of young players. And I think after getting walloped by Michigan, after hearing in the media they're terrible, after hearing around their whole city that they're not very good, I'm sure this is a feel-good win for them to sort of stick it out, have the home crowd behind them, generate all that excitement, be able to perform in front of the recruits, uh, which certainly enjoyed that last quarter. I think that was a big deal for them to feel good about themselves and feel like they can they can win a game. And we saw the effect this had when Will Greer did it against Tennessee uh, several years ago, and we know how that worked out. I'm not going to say it's on the same level as that, I think for a variety of skill-based reasons, but this was no doubt a huge win in this young season. To be 0-2 at the University of Florida would have been a staggeringly, staggeringly bad emotional place to be for this week and for the rest of the season. So I think in that circumspect, it's it's huge. I agree. I mean, this has been tough to show up 0-2 without that game in the middle against Northern Colorado where you've gotten a chance to run a lot of plays, get some confidence. I think this could be a thing that moves this team forward. We'll get to that in a little bit, but huge wins, huge win for the team and the players. Common theme from the national media in this game is that Tennessee was the better team on Saturday. What are your thoughts on that? We hope you've enjoyed this free preview of the Gator Nation football podcast. To listen to the rest of the episode, which contains an additional two hours of content on both the Tennessee and upcoming Kentucky game, head over to patreon.com slash Gator Nation football podcast. Links to that page are posted on both our Twitter and Facebook account. Once on our Patreon page, you'll be able to sign up for $2 a month to get exclusive access to all of our content. Once you subscribe on Patreon, you're able to enjoy this podcast whenever you want, wherever you want, via your favorite podcasting app, whether you're on iOS, your computer, or Android. For more detailed information about the Gator Nation football podcast and Patreon, check out episode zero. If you have questions, comments, or feedback, as always, please reach out to us on either our Facebook or Twitter page. You can go to Facebook, Gator Nation Football Podcast, or on Twitter, at Gator Nation FB Podcast. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations.